Hi, this is Michelle, your Chief Hope Builder. I hope you're having a blessed day. I just recently launched MomsLettingGo.com and I switched the name of my podcast to Moms Letting Go. It's not that I don't want to talk to dads, because I will, but my prime um, experience has been um, as a mom of an addicted loved one. So I'm coming to you today with that in mind. So if you're a mother of an addicted loved one, I know a little bit about what you're going through and I want to offer you hope. Today I'm speaking um, in Florida and it's a new venue for me for this week. My husband and I are celebrating 39 years of being married so we're pretty excited about that. doesn't feel like it's been that long, but it kind of gives you an idea of how old I am. Thanks for joining. Thanks for listening today. Today I'm going to be talking about denial, denial and addiction. Those of you who have been following me know that our son and daughter-in-law have been in recovery for um, eight months or so. They've been at a rehab facility down in Pompano Beach, Deerfield Beach area um, since February of 2019. Um, And today is September 21st, our son's 38th birthday, September 21st. So Ryan is 38 today. Um, And uh, it's a day to celebrate because he's alive and he's well. But this week, uh, we got some bad news. Um, and it's really been a struggle. So I want to share that with you because I'm sure some of you moms out there have been through something similar. Ryan was working for the rehab facility that he rehabbed at, and he was a behavior health technician, so his job was to drive clients to sober meetings, to um, do their urine drug testing, and so on and so forth. But a couple weeks ago, he moved back with his wife, who was also in recovery. And I noticed a change in him right away. Um, I've been pretty vocal about them staying separate because I don't think they're good for one another. And they have a lot of codependency behaviors that they're just not in tune to. And once they're together, things happen. So once he told me last week that he moved back with her, I had to see a counselor because I was really struggling. It's not that I was surprised. It's just that I was worried about what was going to happen next because moms can kind of see the train on the tracks, can't they? Like we see things coming down and we can't stop it. We can't stop it and we can't help our children see it because... Um, especially if they're in denial, which I'm going to talk about in a minute. But So um, we got a call from the recovery place where he was working, Gracious Care Recovery, um, and they have just been a godsend. They've been the best thing that has ever happened to Ryan. And um, the people there said that they noticed some behavior in the last couple weeks, and so they urine drug screened Ryan. He was positive for fentanyl. So at first I was reactionary and wanted to cry and 
so disappointed and frightened and all that. But then I was like, you know, okay, I'm better at this now, right? You and I know that relapse is a part of addiction. It's just a part of it. So typically when somebody relapses, it means that they're trying to do too much or there's, there's just a red flag there that they're doing something that they're struggling with. They're just not coping well. And you know, what, what is that? Well, guess what? Moms, you know this. It's not our job to figure it out, is it? Whose job is it? It's their job to figure it out. But all we want to hear is, yeah, I'm going to get right back into the program, right? So I'm like, okay, he relapsed, but they had to fire him because that's his job, right? Um, yeah. So as a felon, um, it's hard to find a job, right? And he was um, guilty of having drugs on his person. So right now he's under a two-year probation um, sentencing, right? Well, he had, he claims, so this this what happened, and it's something that I didn't predict, and that is he denied it. He said, they're wrong. I have never, I have not used any mind-altering drugs. I don't know how on earth I was positive for fentanyl. Um, I didn't do it. And he said, I took a drug urine drug screen with my probation officer the day before, and I was fine. Um, I'm moving into another sober living house where we're going to be managers, and I'm going to take another test, and I'm going to prove you all wrong, right? Well, here's the thing. Do I need to know if he's right or wrong? Do I really need to know that? Who has to live with, with what he does? He has to do that, right? And so I said, Ryan, this is, this is your, this is your journey. And I'm not going to get in the way of that. And he goes, well, I'm just going to prove to you that this isn't going to stand in my way. And I'm going to keep moving. Um, I'm, he said he had a new sponsor. His old sponsor relapsed, which was really kind of weird to me, but it happens, right? I'm trying not to be judgmental, and I'm trying to live my life in my lane. Unfortunately for him, he feels very responsible because we have his children, and he wants to do well by them and by us so that he can gain that freedom back in his next stage of recovery to be a family again. So, a couple things here I want to talk about. Um, it's, it's really, this was humbling. <clears throat> this experience was really humbling for me because it's really easy to start thinking, oh, well, my son is in recovery, right? Like my son is better than your son or whatever. Uh, no, that'd be a big no because we are all human. We all make mistakes. We, nobody is better than anybody else in this journey, right? And so in that respect, I felt humbled that 
oh my goodness, did I have that mindset? Was I thinking, oh yeah, I'm, I'm better than other moms because my kid's been in recovery longer? Well, I sure hope not. And this was just a big warning to me that I hope I never, ever um, come across that way because there's, <laughs> there's no like winning mom in this scenario, right? We're all on the same journey, and that's why I'm here, to bring you hope, because we need to stick together. We need to um, find joy despite their choices. So what, what, one of the first things that is so important in this is I needed to accept Ryan and understand reality. His reality may be different than mine, but this is his future, and... I just need to accept him, whatever he's choosing to do. I don't have to like his choices, but I just have to accept them. Um, And know that everybody recovers in their own way. No one way is any different. My nephew, who heard about Ryan, said, oh yeah. He said, he's a recovering addict, and he said, if I had to work in recovery every day, and just live to be sober he said that's that's setting me up for failure because i'm then surrounded by all these people every day that's all they're thinking about is staying sober and he said there's no way i could succeed at that so he has found recovery in a different way and again i am humbled to know that and share with you that just because one way works for somebody and you know a different way may work for somebody else and you might be the same way in your recovery on your journey moms because your journey may be filled with other things that I don't have in my recovery right so why why do people deny it though I'm sure you've met some people like that and I mean every every morning they wake up with a hangover or they're late for work and and you're like wow they can't see they have a problem uh no denial is a coping mechanism it allows that person to delay facing the truth oftentimes people minimize their addiction oh it's not that bad I've seen so and so and he does it more than I do or she's using more drugs than I do I'm, I'm minor, you know, this is nothing compared to that. Um, and some people rationalize it. They're like, well, I was just really stressed and I'm fine today, but I really needed something um, to get me over. You know, I wasn't sleeping and so I just took something to help me sleep. Um, our son used to say, well, alcohol isn't my drug of choice, so I can drink and not have a problem. Um, denial comes in a lot of different ways but in all situations it's a coping mechanism it's a way that they can continue using their drug of choice without taking responsibility without being um, responsible for that so um, if But if there's no destructive consequence, you know, like if as a mom we continue to rescue them 
or make their lives easy. So let's say they don't show, they don't get up for work the next day and we know they're going to be late and we're freaking out because they need this job. So we wake them up. Um, Are they suffering the consequences of their actions? No, we're kind of doing it for them. We're taking the brunt of that by stressing out and um, waking them up so that we can feel better about them and them getting to work. So we have to really be careful that we don't block the destructive consequences in their in their behavior, right? So for Ryan, um, oh boy, I'm sorry you lost your job. What are you going to do? You know, um, not what can I do for you? It's what are you going to do to help yourself? Um, good thing for him is He's been wanting to, he has a a general studies degree, a four-year degree, but he always wished he would have gone to like a a technology school to become an airplane mechanic, um, a plumber, an electrician. Um, He's really good and handy, and that's his way of of, um, of feeling a reward. So he found somebody to give him a... um, a trainee plumber job starting Monday. So he's pretty excited about that. So I, I just encouraged that. And um, he got right back into going to his meetings and finding a new sponsor. So all I can do is be hopeful, right? But if if we, you know, if we cook for them and we take care of their children, in, my case, in our case we are because the kid's safety was at, at risk. Um, but, you know, we have to let them suffer those consequences. And one of the really hard consequences are, are when um, I was reading the other day, this mom's daughter, her heart was giving out. She was sepsis. She was in intensive care. Um, something was wrong with her heart. And she was coming off of her heroin. Um, she was, she was coming down and she was sick, so sick. And the hospital couldn't cope with that, right? That's not what they do. They can't detox a person. They're just going to take care of her sepsis and her heart. And she ended up checking out against medical advice, right? Because she had to go get high. Um, the mother was devastated. I just can't even imagine because that's like the worst thing, right? We want to we want to help them get well because we know they could die. A hundred and thirty people OD every day in the United States from this. This is no joke. And I just want you to know that we can't stop that, right? I mean, it used to be that people would get in their car and 130 people would die a day in, in um, car accidents, right? Now, Overdoses are taking the lead in that instead of um, car accidents. But how many of us could have predicted, prevented any of those car accidents in our children had they died? None of us, right? Well, the same is true for this, but because it's an illness, it's a disease, it's just not the way it should be. When I heard about that mom with that daughter, who was intensive care and they couldn't take care of her um, detox. Why? 
why? Why can they not? Like, I, I really believe maybe five years from now, I hope it's not that long, we'll look back on this and we'll say, why didn't we see it? Why weren't we prepared for that? First, you have to take care of that. Then you have to take care of um, the sepsis or the heart. And, and maybe it's the other way around. I don't know, because I'm not a health professional. But I think what I'm trying to say is um, there's got to be a better way, and I don't have the solution for that. What I want to do is bring hope and, and start a movement for moms to get well so that we can look at this problem together and find solutions rather than finding guilt or blaming ourselves. So let's say, I'm going to skip back, okay? I'm going to skip back over to, to um, denial. So let's say we want to, you want to go out, you know your, your son or daughter or sister or brother, somebody you love is in denial. How do you want to talk to it, them about it? <coughs> oh, excuse me. Well, the first thing, you want to make sure that they're in a good frame of mind. Okay, so choose your time wisely. You're not going to talk to them and be productive if they're in, in the middle of using. You want to be specific when you talk to them. So bring up specific incidences that they know about and have participated in, like broken plans, broken promises, and use the I phrase. So when when I talked to Ryan, you know, I noticed that things changed when you moved back in with your wife. I noticed that this was happening and that was happening. And prior to you moving in with her, those things weren't happening. Um, if we use I statements, it's not, it doesn't feel as defensive to them. It doesn't feel like we're attacking, they don't feel like we're attacking them. Talk about the negative effects your loved one's using has had on the things he or she cares about, like their career, um, sports, commitments, family. You know, I noticed since you moved in with your wife, you didn't call the kids as often. Um, or I noticed when you took third shift, you didn't seem to be coping as well. Um, you know, and I, I believe some of those were the reasons that Ryan um, relapsed, right? But if he's in denial, he's not going to see it, but I can help. Um, but also, we can't be discouraged or surprised when they deny they have a problem, okay? Because it's one of the symptoms of the disease of addiction. Let me repeat that. Denial is one of the symptoms of the disease of addiction. So don't take it personally. Just keep being supportive because this time your loved one might be like, Mom, I'm not that bad. But guess what? Next week when they can't wake up and they have a seizure or something happens, they might come back to you and say, Oh my gosh, I guess I'm worse. I'm worse than what I thought I was, Mom. And you know, you were talking to me about it before, and maybe I need to listen to you now. You know, it's, it's never too late. Um, because 
planting the seed of recovery in their minds is super helpful. As long as it's not threatening, we're not attacking them, we're not telling them that they're low lives and we don't believe in them, we're not screaming at them and judging them. And I get it. <laughs> You're going to be like, how am I supposed to stay um, not angry, right? I don't know. I, I can't answer that for you. Um, for me, I, do the, I have these little tricks that I'll tell myself, okay, I'm going to call them and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be I'm going to go off the deep end and start screaming if he says X, Y, or Z. So how am I going to stay focused? Like I have a plan before I place the call. I just do. I just do. And it, it's helped me. It served me well. So think about what would help you. I don't know what that is. Um, and okay, so the next step is to make sure that you have in your back pocket contact information and schedules for local AA NA meetings um, we have celebrate recovery in our city that I just heard is awesome so I knew what days it was I knew who some of the sponsors were who were there um, I had information about it and I had talked to our son about it so um, if you have that ready, then, you know, keep that in a file. Keep that handy because it, he might not be ready today or she might not want it, but maybe next week she might ask for it, right? And you can even take it a step further and say, hey, would it help if I go with you? You know, I, I'd be happy to do that with you. Um, just let me know, you know, and that kind of thing. Um you also might want to have the name of a treatment center. So we have a gentleman in our area who's the director of a place called A Bridge to Hope. So we go to him and we can say, hey, what are all the options in this vicinity? What are some inpatient, because if you have a child who's still on your insurance plan, but they're an adult, um, you might, want to try an inpatient inpatient facility that is a longer treatment program in another state because for our son a lot of addicts they come they can't live where they were using it's too much trigger it's too much temptation there's a lot more dynamics to it so find somebody in your area that you can talk to about what are all the options my son or daughter has when he is ready Um, You want to be educated now um, because it'll bring you hope and you'll feel feel more powerful knowing that you have these tools and you're educated because um, knowledge is power in this respect, right? You're going to feel more powerful. You're going to feel more control if you have that education. Somebody else gave me the... Number 411. So let's say your loved one is just OD'd in your home and you had to do Narcan or EMT people had to give Narcan a couple times or something or your, you, your child is finally in desperate need and, and they're coming to you. 
and you don't know what to do, I, there is a number 411 that you can call to find out where the beds are in your area. 411. So check that out. Be prepared. Be encouraging. You moms, let go. Let go and let God. Um, read scripture. Find a higher power in your life that's going to keep you grounded, keep you calm. Notice when your addicted loved one does something positive. Notice that and applaud it. Tell him you love him. Tell him you believe in him and you know that when he's ready, he will find his way. Tell her this is the most difficult fight of her life that you're confident if she can fight through this, she can get through anything. Bring them the confidence they don't have. Find support and reach out for support. Join join my Facebook group, Moms Letting Go. It's all one word, all smashed together. Just go Moms Letting Go. You'll have to answer some questions to join. but um, Or you can just go to MomsLettingGo.com and it should take you to my landing page and you can download my free book now. You should be able to. I'm still trying to connect all the dots. I haven't really launched it yet. Um, the paperback will be available on Amazon soon. It's a guidebook. It's a, it's a way for you to recover on your journey and in your own way. So for today, this is Michelle with Moms Letting Go. I want to bless you on your journey and pray for you. So reach out to me if I can help in any way. And um, God bless.